Hello everyone, welcome to my podcast on developmental bibliotherapy and cli-fi, helping to reframe young people's responses to climate change. Chance favours only the prepared mind, Louis Pasteur. Few Australians were untouched by the fires that raged from September 2019 till January 2020 across every Australian state crushing the capacity of our firefighters to protect us during a period now dubbed the Black Summer. News stories of survivors, the persistent smoke haze and the reported deaths of billions of animals threaten to overwhelm our emotions. For those directly impacted, these fires turned historic communities and favourite holiday destinations into nightmares. Despite decades of warnings from climate scientists and emergency personnel, we were unprepared and powerless. Only the forces of nature itself had the capacity to halt the destruction. Climate change was no longer something that happened decades away. Species extinction and ecosystem collapse unfolded as we watched. Young people are the group most vulnerable to the immediate effects of natural disasters. Their social networks are more likely to be disrupted earliest and for longest. Their go-to adults at home, school or other activities may not be contactable or might be occupied elsewhere. Their personal and individual needs may be considered less urgent than those of younger siblings, the wider community or immediate family concerns. Their emotional resilience and personal strengths are still being refined and developed. They will not be as able to identify their own feelings, articulate their needs and locate the help they require. They are more likely to be overwhelmed by guilt, grief, trauma, hopelessness and frustration. Their coping behaviours may be misinterpreted or misunderstood and they are less likely to voluntarily talk about their emotional well-being. Coinciding with the onset of the fires in September 2019, The Australian Institute's Climate of the Nation report stated that while the incidence of concerns about climate-related issues were increasing in the adult population, those aged between 18 and 34 were far more concerned about climate change, 83%. Even more concerning is that 25% of young Australians think that the world will end before they get old, and 66% say that climate change makes them feel helpless and afraid. Yet 10% of young people believe it is too late to do anything about climate change and many climate scientists agree. It is not difficult to understand why issues related to climate change are concerning for adolescents. They are more informed of the science than previous generations and they will be more likely to experience the effects of escalating climate in their lifetimes. They see that nothing is being done to protect their future. They see the willful ignorance of politicians who make decisions that cause climate change to accelerate, but they themselves have no political influence. They are acutely aware that they are likely to become the first global generation of children to grow up in a world made far more dangerous and uncertain as a result of a changing climate and degraded environment. UNICEF calls climate change a direct threat to a child's ability to survive, grow and thrive and estimates that 90% of the burden of disease attributable 
to climate change is borne by children under the age of five. According to UNICEF, a child born today could be living in a world with an average temperature that is four degrees Celsius warmer by their 71st birthday. On Australian national TV, a young woman tearfully shares her conviction that motherhood in the near future is unsafe, unethical and a bad choice for the planet, while a young teenage protester addressing her peers asks for a curriculum that includes climate science, media literacy and political engagement. The high school student thinks about climate change every day. She reads about how ecosystems are on the brink of collapse and listens in despair as her teachers and parents tell her that it's up to her generation to fix things. A Year 10 student at a school stripe for climate rally talks about her fears for the future, her traumas framed by past experiences, and then, blending pleas with demands, she calls on those in power to take action on climate change care for the environment, listen to the science and tell the truth. And the second grader is scared about the planet, but it says it feels good to be surrounded by so many people at the rally. People who care, since he sometimes feels as if no one else is worried. His parents are proud that their child is aware, but concerned that he could become overwhelmed by the predictions that seem to be growing ever more disturbing. But these young people's concerns are dismissed. The adults tell them to study hard so that they can fix the climate when they graduate or become elected. And a senior Australian politician says he is not worried about what might happen in 30 years' time when asked about climate change. Understandably, young people are either increasingly becoming concerned about climate change or in denial. Teaching climate change without creating despair or entrenching denial. Is climate change education appropriate for young adults in 2021? Even though the likelihood is that climate change will reach crisis point in their lifetimes, is this knowledge too great a burden for the young people in our care? Are we expecting them to find solutions for problems they have no ability to solve? And how do we raise a generation to look forward to the future with hope when all they see around them are messages of gloom? But can we honestly say that we care about our students if we do nothing to prepare them for life in a climate-changed world? As educators, we negotiate a narrow pathway as we aim for responsible education on climate change without inflicting further trauma. We must be able to nurture our students' resilience, teach them how to take responsibility for their own well-being and prepare them for an uncertain future without paralysing them with anxiety. We must be open to discussion and able to advocate for scientific viewpoints even in the face of our own lack of experience or understanding, but calmly when confronted with denial. And we must be prepared to acknowledge, identify and respond appropriately to our students' anxiety or distress. Teachers and parents must not lose sight of this pathway between being honest and being reassuring, between empowering young people with hope and weighing them down with responsibility. Some adults might say that it is the rhetoric surrounding climate change that is creating anxiety in young people. 
but children and adolescents will register our concerns via overheard conversations, news items, popular films that generate questions amongst their peers, or by experiencing the effects of wild weather and natural disasters unfolding around them. Young people's anxiety is fueled by the inaction of adults, even as it drives their activism. Young people want a curriculum that prepares them for the uncertainties of a warming planet, with reliable information about the facts and the magnitude of the threat of climate change in honest, open and frank discussions with trusted and informed adults, whether in the classroom or around the dinner table, in ways that they can understand. Young people want their emotions and concerns acknowledged. They want to be able to make informed choices and they want to be able to feel empowered to make those choices. They want to be able to access and influence policy makers and they want to join with peers who think along the same lines. Activism, where hope rules, continued in part two.